and welcome to this week's episode of Geeky Dinks. This week, we're continuing our conversation about love in honor of the month of February and Valentine's Day and right. all of that stuff and right. how it pretty much influences almost every story ever told. Yeah, there's pretty much a love aspect in some way, shape, or form in everything. Yeah, either for another human being, for some other living thing, or love of an object. Like, uh, in heist movies, it's usually money. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> that's a good one, yeah. So there's love as a motivator, whether it's the main part of the story or somehow becomes, like, a side plot of the story. Yeah, I know I, I kind of brought it up myself, but I hadn't thought about it before bringing up heist movies, but... <laughs> Ocean, <laughs> uh, Ocean's Eleven. Mm -hmm. It's a heist movie, but it's also about Danny trying to win back his wife, his ex-wife from uh, Terry Benedict, the the guy that owns the three casinos that he's robbing. Mm -hmm. um, so he he still loves his wife Tess. She's moved on because, of course, he stole things. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And he got caught. Made her look bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to say what is the main motivator for him, whether it's her or the money. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Like you find out during the movie that Terry would rather have the money back and give up Tess. And that's what loses right. Tess. But Danny seems to be there mostly for her. Mm -hmm. But... Thankfully, his crew is so good that they don't have to worry about him putting his wife over the money. <laughs> right. I always kind of like the stories that have multiple different reasons why people are doing the same thing. So, like, somebody's doing it because they're trying to get somebody's love back. Somebody's doing it because they're like, oh, there's a money involved or, oh, there's a status power that I can get out of this. But it makes them all work together because they have those things that they want as the outcome, as the same outcome, well, as a different outcome for the same thing that they're doing. Those are my kind of, like, favorite ones. Oh, yeah. I can't think of a specific example <laughs> right now, but they're out there. I know they are. <laughs> so... You mean like the different storylines that come together? Yeah, so like everybody's kind of doing something different and they're like, hey, if we all did this thing, we could get what we want, but we all have to do this thing together. Oh, I see. Kind of like uh, opposing sides finding that they're stronger if they coordinate. Kind of. And they don't even have to be opposing sides. I mean, I guess it's kind of like in a heist movie. Each person is brought in because of their different sets of skills. And sometimes they all have different reasons for why they're doing the heist. That's true. Kind of thing. I mean, usually it's just the money, but... Usually, <laughs> usually. I mean, Matt Damon did have the added motivator of making his father proud because he had the whole lineage, mm -hmm. legacy thing going on. Right. Wasn't there an Ocean's... There was an Ocean's uh, 12 and 13, also an Ocean's 8. Yeah, wasn't that with the women? Yes. Wasn't that one similar to that, where they all kind of had different reasons why they were doing it? I mean, kind of. Um, they all came from different backgrounds, Maybe that's least. what I'm thinking. One was like a housewife that sold stuff on the side, or mm -hmm. I think she might have actually been more of a klepto. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like she just accrued different things that she could pawn off on people. Is that what we're going to call that now? We're just accruing things? <laughs> <laughs> You never really know. Kleptos, the new accruer of things. <laughs> uh, someone hacks stuff, so they just take the money digitally. Mm. 
uh, much easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had their own things, but yeah, Ocean's 11, 12, and 13 were more about the old school heist thieves type mm. guys that played different routines. Like, they were always calling it something, like, in code. Right. Like uh, Ella Fitzgerald or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it always had to do with costumes and uh, just deception. Very, uh, they say it in the movie, in Ocean's 13, that it's very analog. Mm-hmm. Like, they use actual prosthetics and they talk to them and try to just deceive them outright. But in the new age, everything's digital. Right. So they all have security measures that can read past any sort of disguise you have going on. I'm getting a <laughs> away from the subject, but I could talk about Ocean's Eleven all day. That's true. It is a it's a really good series though. But I, I like that just that simplicity of people coming together to do something because they have different goals in mind at the end. Like maybe one person gets money and that allows them to buy a business and do what they want to do. Maybe somebody is earning someone else's affection. I mean, that's true. Yeah, they do show that a little bit in Ocean's 12. Mm -hmm. Um, At the beginning of that one, when Terry ends up rounding them all up to pull a heist for him or he's going to turn them all in. Right. Which is restraint on his part because usually he just kills people. (laughs) He's like, look, I'm being good, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it does show that they had their different motivations for wanting to pull the heist Mm -hmm. um, that they use to do what they love to do, Mm -hmm. bringing it back around. Yeah, I I do like that, though, because it just shows it's just a cool way of showing that people can work together, but they don't have to have the same outcome. They don't have to all walk the exact same path, but it just kind of shows that in in another kind of rom-com movie, serendipity of everything, people coming together to do something so that they can do other things. It's like a little knot in the middle. (laughs) Weirdly enough. Just like a ricochet sort of thing. Yeah, like they come together to go apart. Right. Yeah. The uh, boats crossing in the night. Yes. All those different innuendos for one night stand. <laughs> <laughs> that is sometimes not always love, though. No, no, always. no. Just more of a, usually desperation and poor life choices. <sighs> and some people love doing that. So there we go. We're back. We're back on. <laughs> We're back on track. <laughs> So what is your favorite? Because I I love rom-coms. So what's your favorite rom-com? My favorite rom-com. It doesn't have to be like your ultimate favorite, but like what are like your top three? Um, There's a lot of good ones. Well, I really do like Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. They say that is a romantic comedy with zombies. Yeah, true, true. Mm-hmm. Because it's primarily about Shaun trying to win back his ex-girlfriend Liz. Mm-hmm. It just happens to occur at the same time as a zombie apocalypse. It's unfortunate timing, but yeah. So, <laughs> so of course, they have to deal with that as mm-hmm. he's trying to win her back. Like, plays it off like he's rescuing her, but they don't really have to leave. He just wants to feel macho and, like, a taking-charge type guy that can win her back. Mm-hmm. And it actually puts her and his friends and family in more danger than if they had just stayed there safe. Right. Well, you got to have the damsel in distress so that you can rescue her. If she's not in distress... Right. <laughs> How can you be a hero? <laughs> so that's why it's a romantic comedy first. 
True. Than a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. But that's my first one. Okay. Um, that's the very first thing that came to mind. <laughs> now I'm trying not to think of zombie movies. I'm trying to think of romantic comedy movies. <laughs> Some people would think they're two in the same, <laughs> depending on their view of love. Well, zombies really do love their brains. They do. And that's one of my, I love warm bodies. <laughs> I think that one's really sweet. That one actually came out around uh, Valentine's Day, if I remember right. I think so, yeah. I wasn't expecting that because, you know, I don't, I'm not a big zombie fan. Like, I just, eh, it's just kind of boring to me um, because I don't think I've seen an iteration that I enjoy. Right. You know, World War Z and bleh, all that. I mean, um, Zombieland was pretty good. Zombieland was good, but that's, I think, more for the humor, not for the zombies. Yeah, and, and they do have a little bit of a love story going between um, Columbus and Wichita. I think that's what Emma Stone's character is called. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because it's Wichita and Little Rock. Mm-hmm. That's Abigail Breslin. Gotcha. And, of course, Woody Harrelson is Tallahassee. I really don't remember their names. <laughs> Which makes sense. I know it was I, with their cities, but yeah. Yeah. I, I like that twist on it. Side, sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> that but, everyone's is named after cities, but... I think it's brilliant, because then you know where they're from and who survived and all that jazz. But I think the reason that I like Warm Bodies over pretty much all other zombie movies is because it's a take that no one really has done. Like, they considered it more of a social disease. Yeah. Like, we've just become zombies because we don't talk to each other, we don't connect. And him reconnecting by, of course, eating brains and regaining memories allows him to become human again. (laughs) I liked that. Yeah, and only the people that had really given up Mm -hmm. were like the true zombies that even the zombies feared. Right, exactly. There was like a, you're a zombie, and then what do they call them? Like a um, banshees or something? I can't remember. Oh man, it's been so long since I watched it, but I do like that movie. Yeah. It was really cute. It was really funny, too, just to kind of hear his inner monologue, but then all he can say out loud is just, bleh. You know, <laughs> right. he's just like, why can't I talk to her? <laughs> but eventually he comes back to life. Right. Which is really sweet. It shows there's there's some hope. The power of love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like that one. But. And it's not just a clever Huey Lewis song. Well, that works. That would have actually worked really nice in that one. Did they play that in that one? In in, in Warm Bodies? Did they play that as like the no, ending no. song? They should have. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> Like, when he becomes human, just, that's the power of love. (laughs) But no, that's that's solely Back to the Future. No, that's a shame. (laughs) That's a missed opportunity right there. (laughs) I mean, they mention it in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as well, Mm. where he pulls a sword out because of the power of love. But it's actually beaten by the power of (laughs) self-respect. That movie. I love that movie. (laughs) I mean, it it is one of those ones that I really enjoy just because of what he's willing to do for this girl. Right. Like, you're not sure what it is that he sees in her. Mm -hmm. Plus, he's already got a sort of girlfriend and a high schooler, which is weird. Yep. But it's also Canada, so I don't know what their social (laughs) norms are. (laughs) (laughs) Or their rules. Yeah, I don't know what their laws are. Right. But I think she's a senior, I hope. Well, that would still make her legal even in the U.S. anyway. I mean, yeah. But (laughs) it makes sense that he's looking for somebody a bit more mature. Of course. And into what he's into. I do enjoy the whole dynamic of Scott Pilgrim having to fight off Ramona's seven evil exes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. You do have to make the distinction like she does because one of them is a girl. That's true. That's true. And she was like one of the harder ones. Yeah, because Scott didn't want to fight her because he didn't want to hit her. Right. (laughs) 
so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so most of the time it's Ramona holding his wrists and throwing his arms out. <laughs> so it's not really him doing it. <laughs> yeah, but, Aww. you know, the whole thing ends because he touches the back of her knee. Oh, yeah, take that's that, her weak spot. Take that, what you will. <laughs> every girl has a spot. Every, and not every spot's the same. <laughs> But on that, what's your second favorite rom-com kind of? <laughs> I mean, that, I guess. That one works. <laughs> I guess that one does qualify, doesn't it? I mean, technically, he's doing it literally to get her affection. Right. The funny thing is, in the comics, they hadn't written the ending yet before the movie came out, very much like Game of Thrones. However, this was a movie situation, so the whole thing had to be cohesive in a very short amount sense. of time. Yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't start the train too long. Right. <laughs> They're like, well, we gotta figure out something. But they did write two different endings depending on how the comic went. Mm -hmm. And in one, he actually gives up Ramona to stay with Knives mm -hmm. because of just how Knives reacted to him dumping her for Ramona. Mm -hmm. And then in the other one, of course, he ends up with Ramona. Yeah, I like when they have alternate endings because it gives you kind of an idea of how things could go. Because like, I know, I think we were talking about it last week that we all thought that Harry was going to end up with Hermione. Right. But she didn't. But it's nice to see when movies make alternate endings so that you can see what that would have looked like. So like in Clue, for example, there's yeah. like eight different endings, one for each particular <laughs> person and when that originally came out each theater had a different ending right nobody had the same ending so that you could say oh no i saw the one where you know so and so did the murder and like no mine didn't say that but then of course in the dvd release you get to see them all yeah which i think is really fun you can pick the one you like the most <laughs> yeah that is one of the few ones i think that really has like zero love aspect to it <laughs> well no because there was wasn't it colonel mustard who was sleeping with the maid or something i mean is that really love Though. And he's paying for it. No, but then wasn't it um, one of the girls who had her killed because she was jealous? I guess she so, did really hate her. I mean, it's kind of. Yeah. I not mean, really like the motivator of the story in total, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. Or was somebody sleeping with the um, the singing telegram girl? Yeah. I, I mean, think it was that one too. He, yeah. Uh, Professor Plum was having an affair with her. Mm. So there were love aspects where they just weren't good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very toxic, <laughs> like we talked about. Yep. Yep. Because love is crazy. I think those are always kind of interesting stories too, because it's the motivator because it's so bad. Like those like love triangles mm -hmm. or like the wanting to get back at somebody kind of stories where like love is there, but it's like an angry love you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times where the love aspect makes me so angry. Yeah? Like, I'm just gonna say it. Infinity okay. War. Oh, oh, oh. It happens a few times. Because Thanos loves Gamora, he's able to throw her off the cliff and gain the soul stone. Mm -hmm. Because Quill loves Gamora, he screws up the plan and Thanos wins. Mm -hmm. Need I say more? <laughs> Half of everything snapped away just because Peter couldn't keep it to himself. So what you're saying is it's all Gamora's fault. No, it's not Gamora's <laughs> fault. It's love's fault. I do find it interesting that... <laughs> Cupid's arrow is fickle. I find it interesting that Thanos went to get the Soul Stone with Gamora. Like, he had to have gone before, and, and maybe I'm misremembering, but he had to have gone before before to know he needed to 
give something up. Otherwise, why didn't he take Nebula? Why didn't he go by himself? What, you know what I mean? Like, he had to have tried and realized he couldn't. Well, if I'm remembering the scene right, he does actually look very surprised. Okay. And he does actually cry when he is told you have to give someone up. Mm-hmm. in order to get the stone. He brings her because he knows that she knows where it is. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it just so happens that she is the one thing that he truly loves mm-hmm. as well. In order to prove my counterpoint in the same breath, <laughs> I will just move on to Endgame. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. Because I feel like Endgame is things move because of heart break. So you have Hawkeye who turns Ronin because his family's gone. Completely right. heartbroken. You have um, Ant-Man who comes back and he's heartbroken from what he's lost because he was gone. You know, he he lost... Five years. Yeah, five years. And not to mention, um, what's her name? Uh, his daughter? No. Oh. The wasp. Oh, Hope. Hope. He lost Hope uh-huh. and he didn't even... Yeah. Huh. And he didn't get to say goodbye. He didn't know. Right. He found out last minute all these people were gone. He was like, what, what happened? And And then you've got, you know, everyone else who's just kind of facing the fact that, you know, Tony, when he's like, I've got a family, I have made amends with my past, but doing this, I could lose everything I have now. So I think, I feel like Endgame is, is more a motivator of heartbreak than, I mean, a little bit of both, love and heartbreak. I mean, heartbreak is that feeling that we get when love is pulled away. Mm -hmm. It's just that void feeling, you know, that something was there and now it's not. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, it's more like a, a plug in a socket thing, I think. Yeah. Where like you plug something in and it's working. It's doing its job. When it's not, it's just kind of like, mm. Right. And I feel like in that instance, you've got Hawkeye who, when he had his heartbreak, he did bad things. He felt justified in doing so because good people were gone and bad people lived. So he was unevening the even scales. Well, he, he felt he was doing a service. Well, unfortunately, the snap was, of course, like Thanos said fair it was right. it was meant to be random right which is unfortunately to some people incredibly unfair right yeah why do good people disappear and bad people don't like why did hawkeye lose what four people yeah he lost all of his kids and his wife yeah whereas some people just like lost one some people maybe didn't lose any Exactly. Yeah. Some some whole families were just gone. Right. Nobody knew anything. Right. And they just show up in the house they used to live in five years later. Yeah. Like nothing happened. Yeah. And then you've got you've got uh, Ant Man when he comes back he realizes people are gone but instead of seeking vengeance for it he's seeking answers. He wants to bring it all back and and bring that time back. So I like the the dynamics of how each of them reacts to it differently when when their heart is is broken like that because obviously hawkeye he's angry he's mad he's finally got his family and then in an instant they're all gone yeah and even as he's trying to bring them all back he loses pretty much the last person he really cares about Mm -hmm. because they're both trying to do the same thing Mm -hmm. because they both feel like they're irredeemable right that is probably one of the more powerful scenes i feel Oh, I sobbed. I sobbed. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why we have only watched it once. Yes. I've watched it several times. I can't. I can't. I, 
I don't think I had my Apple Watch when we watched Infinity War. So I don't know what my heart rate looked like on that movie. But I know I saw at the end. Endgame, however, there were definite spikes of anxiety and sadness. <laughs> and then I think once we get to the big final battle and Tony made his snap, it just never came back down. It just, it just heart rate like a hundred and, you know, 30 the yeah, whole time. I, I feel like there's still a good 10, 15 minutes after the It was a good snap. like 20, 30 yeah. minutes after that. It yeah. hurt. In the <laughs> Peter Jackson extended edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was Where just... Endgame is actually six hours long. Oh, no, I can't. I because can't. he did actually splice them both together. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's times that I think watching Infinity War and Endgame together would be healing in some way. And then I'm like, why? Why would I put myself through that? That hurts I mean, it, so I, much. I feel like it would be very cathartic to let yourself have that sort of emotional roller coaster. For six hours? I mean, if you're trying to let yourself just feel some stuff and <gasps> you do actually let the emotions go. You really want to see me ugly cry? (laughs) I mean, I'll probably just like press play. And then run away. (laughs) Yeah, and then just go watch it somewhere else. (laughs) So, So we'll be watching it at the same time and having a very similar experience, but I won't have to see you really getting into it. You won't have to. You'll hear wailing. (laughs) I mean, it'll make sense. I mean, yours will probably, probably be a little bit ahead of mine, but I'll just be like, Oh, yeah, that part's coming. You're like, oh, great. I already know that part's coming. It'll just be like, well, this is what it is. Yeah, I'll I'll just have to make sure that you're still watching it from time to time. (laughs) I'll take a nap, but, like, I can't do this. (laughs) Taking a nap. Yeah, no, it's... I don't even think I've seen Infinity War twice. I think I've only seen them both once. I I just... I don't know. I'm trying to think back now. I think... I think I've only seen Infinity War once. I've seen so many clips of it that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Right. I feel like I've seen it a thousand times, but yeah, I think I've only seen them both once. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that portal scene. A bajillion times. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a powerful scene. Well, and I remember, too, that scene was super duper popular during the pandemic because it was when people saw it opening night and there were those cheers and screams and excitement and everyone came back and man, I miss that feeling. Yeah, it, it was one of the last few times where Mm -hmm. we had a really big movie that everyone was going to see. Yeah, if you weren't shoulder to shoulder, I don't know where you were, but you were not watching an opening night. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that that still happens now, but people are still a lot more apprehensive about doing Mm -hmm. it. Well, and I don't think we've had... Okay, I take that back. We did have Spider-Man No Way Home, but... That was pretty good. That was a good one. But there haven't been as many movies, I feel like, that are worthy to go opening night to have that congestion of people to take that risk and hopefully feel that same excitement. Yeah. I don't mind going a couple days later and it's still packed and some people still get really excited, which makes me happy. It's not quite the same as opening night, especially when you, you know, go to, come home, go to bed at like one o'clock in the morning, have to get up and go to work the next day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you do it, I feel like, on those really special movies like mm-hmm. Endgame, you know, where it's just that culmination of like 10 years where worth of movies, Mm -hmm. all these different things coming together like never before. Like we've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. No one's ever tried anything like this. And I know it might be considered a little blasphemous, but the Marvel movies as standalone movies are okay. Some of them are great. Most of them are okay. Yeah, because when I think about my favorite Marvel movies that I love... 
it's usually an Avengers movie. Yeah. Seeing them all together. Yeah, those big plot point movies mm-hmm. are mostly the ones that I would recommend watching. The others are the... Fillers. Rec- yeah, the, the recommended reading. <laughs> That's true. Like, these are the other stories. Like, they're they're good, but they're not great. And they'll have, you know, certain things that'll allow, like, inside jokes or inside information that make you go, oh, Easter egg, you know, yeah, that you th- may not it, get. It really does fill in mm-hmm. all the other points that make you care about these characters a lot more. Because if you watch just the Avengers movies, probably Captain America Civil War as well, because that's Avengers 2.5. I was going to say, yeah, that's an Avengers movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you just watch those ones, you'll get the gist of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But if you watch the rest of them, you're going to, and here's why I'm bringing it up, you're going to love these characters. That's true. That's true. I will say that the Hawkeye TV series on Disney Plus brought a lot more appreciation for Hawkeye that it didn't, I mean, I know, um, Ultron brought a lot of Hawkeye in, and that's when I thought we were going to lose him the right. first time. Yeah, that we was... see his family, he's got kids, and I'm like, oh no, he's gone. I feel like they were doing that on purpose. Like, they were really checking all the boxes of just, they like... They really did. All they really needed him to say was, I'm only two days to retirement. Right, exactly. And we're going to, like, well, he's going to die in three, two... two. Yep, there you oh, go. Oh, he's still alive. Okay, well, mm-hmm. we'll keep watching. Right, but I really think that the Disney Plus show brought it in hard with just how he's about his family. And that really was his retirement show. Yeah. More or less. And now, of course, with Jeremy Renner's actual real life near death accident. Right. It might have been his retirement. Yeah, unfortunately. He had actually moved on to this other show mm-hmm. um, where he was the main character. And unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen Well, he said as soon as, he's, as soon as he's back on his feet, they're going to be up and running with it. He actually like recently posted that. So Is he... Like, he, they filmed it. Like, they filmed the show, I well, guess. Well, I, I know he, he filmed the show, but is he able to move again? I mean, they showed him sitting in a chair, so, I mean, he's probably just going to be in a long recovery with all, like, his 38 broken bones. Yeah. So. I guess as long as he's patient, I mean, he's got plenty of money. He should be able to just coast for a minute. I'll say he's probably going to get the best carry possibly can. I mean, at this point, he's an honorary Avenger. Like, I know Avengers aren't a real thing, but, like, we would assume he's an Avenger at this point. I mean, he's (laughs) he's probably the most... um, Down to Earth? Well, down to Earth, but the one that everyone identifies with. Ah. Oh, so he's the most not superhuman. Yeah, I mean, like, he doesn't have a lot of fighting ability. Like, most of the time he just fights with his bow... He's got a little bit of training, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's his bow mm-hmm. and his eyesight that's really I was good. I he's mostly stealth. Like, yeah. when it comes to combat style, I mean, he's trained, but he's stealth. Yeah, he's supposed to be far away. Black Widow's probably the next one up because mm-hmm. she's also just human, but she's got a lot of training right. and almost superhuman ability. Almost. Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because she lacks emotion in a lot <laughs> of ways and not by her own doing, but... but they do show all that emotion in mm-hmm. that final scene in Endgame yep. that makes us say goodbye to Black Widow. 
Right. We do get that prequel movie later on, but... That was it, awkward. Yeah. It was good, but it was awkward. Yeah. And it did kind of open up this um, this post-endgame world with mm-hmm. uh, the Thunderbolts, you know, the um, US oh, agent, yep. and, you know, the second-tier style Avengers that aren't afraid <laughs> of getting dirty. Right. The the uh, anti-hero Avengers. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I like what they did for Black Widow just simply because they did an endgame show that she had come full circle. She, you know, obviously you could tell she was adamant about getting people back. I mean, she was kind of leading S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point, but you could tell it was wearing on her. And they were saying the reason why she kept the blonde in her hair was to signify she hasn't had a haircut since... So for f- that's five years of growth because she just couldn't, that was the last time she saw everybody. And it was just her reminder oh, yeah. that the war is not over. They've got to bring everybody back. Yeah. So I imagine if it took longer, she'd like down the back of her knees and it'd just be this little blonde, you know, tip of her <laughs> hair and she wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that does bring it to this powerful motivator mm-hmm. of loving to see people, to bring them back, to go through these extreme lengths mm-hmm. to bring everyone back instead of learning to live with the loss right you're like no i'm going to bring back the people i love right that they are worth this effort and that's why love is usually one of the bigger story points Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that pretty much anyone can identify with even if it's in a very twisted way because of trauma. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know a lot of people, not a lot of people, I know some people have said it's Tony's fault that the snap made things worse. Like the re-snap made things worse because ah. he didn't get rid of new people, but he brought back all the old people. But, and I and I just saw the clip on TikTok earlier today, Tony didn't want to do a time heist. Yeah. They had to convince him. He's like, I've made my peace. I've had my second chance. I'm not risking this. I cannot risk this. Yeah. And they convinced him. He said, I'm not risking this. He told them up front, I will not get rid of this. Yeah. There, there is that really cute scene, though, that he really can't help himself, that he has to figure out if time travel is actually possible through quantum tunneling. Right. Well, I mean, that's just his, his mind. He yeah. just has to. I mean, he made an element. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he figures it out mm-hmm. is just one of those things that is just kind of like, okay, I can actually do this. Um, So maybe I just provide this to them. Right. But... I can actually be at a safe distance. Right. But obviously, he's got to be a part of it. Right. He's just got to be. Because obviously, Strange told him there's only one way. Right. And he knew that was him. Yeah, that that is going to be an interesting thing because everyone is hypothesizing that Strange was lying. That he saw Tony as a threat mm-hmm. and wanted him to eliminate himself as a hero. Yeah, I was waiting for that in um, Multiverse of Madness where he was like, yeah, there were other ways. Ways, but it would have meant me sacrificing myself. And trust me, as a Tony fan, I'd have been very mad at Doctor Strange if he'd have said that. So mad. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think that's why they don't do that. Yeah. There's a lot of Tony fans. There'd be riots. <laughs> yeah, there, there would be a very large uh, actual civil war at that point between uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange and 
and Tony Stark. And it would be the modern day Sherlock right. Holmeses as well as the <laughs> Right. As, <laughs> well, the <old> ones. <laughs> as well as the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmeses. Well, I have heard there is speculation that Robert Downey Jr. may actually be coming back as Tony Stark. Now, I know at first I was like, no, because that's gonna just totally like not make his death worth anything. He died for love. Right. right? But knowing Tony, he figures out time travel. You don't think he's somehow gonna figure out how to bring himself back in the future? <laughs> you don't think he's gonna have a backup plan so he can see his daughter grow up? And the reason they say it is because at the end scene where Tony's talking about all the things he found and it's his hologram, you know, right? Right. He looks directly at Morgan as if he knows where she is. She's uh, sitting right there yeah. and he looks directly at her and says, I love you 3000. They said either A, he's going to come back or B, he somehow transferred his consciousness into his AI and he's a new Jarvis, which I thought would be really cool that would be because really then cool. he could be Morgan's Jarvis. Yeah. And it'd be father and daughter working together in an iron suit. That would be really cool. Be beautiful. Yeah. I would love that so much. <laughs> now we've already seen a, a version of Ironheart mm -hmm. show up in Wakanda Forever. Right. Uh, we know it isn't Morgan. Right. So do you think they'll do a different character for her now? I think Morgan is going to grow up and take on Pepper's suit. Because remember Pepper was, what was it, Rescuer? Uh, rescue. Rescue. I think Morgan is going to take on Rescue. Because remember, she was caught wearing Mom's helmet. And then Tony uh... says, oh, your mom never wears anything I buy her anyway. Oh, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen because, you know, it was all, you know, she's going to be Ironheart, but I like the new Ironheart they have. Another smart, genius person who makes a suit. Like, that's brilliant. I don't want to spoil Wakanda Forever if nobody's seen it, but <laughs> brilliant, brilliant how they did that. I loved it. Uh, she's also really funny. I like her. <laughs> but I think it would be cool to see an older Morgan taking on the rescue suit with Tony as her AI. That would be really interesting. I know we're getting an Ironheart movie or, mm -hmm. uh, or is is it a Disney Plus series? Mm, I think it's gone back and forth. I don't know if it's definitive what it is yet. Okay. Well, we're getting we're, an Ironheart something. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> something. Um, more than likely, it's to do with the character from Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy with that. She was probably one of my favorite new parts. Yeah. To the new movie. Um, I hope we get to see more of her. I do too. I think her part, although really good in the movie, I felt was still very small. Yeah. I wish there was more. And I hate to say that I feel like Wakanda Forever has this sort of pallor on it mm -hmm. just because of... Chadwick's passing. Right. That we're not getting the movie that we were really supposed to. Mm -hmm. And we're also just immediately saddened by being constantly reminded that, oh, right, he's gone. Right, right. Um, just having that loss, like I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um we really did love Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. Right, as as a person and as a uh, you know, character. Every he portrayed an amazing T'Challa, but I think a lot of people miss the actor himself. Right. Um I think the the thing that Wakanda Forever, I think, struggled with a little bit is not only did they have to figure out a workaround from the original story, because obviously no more Chadwick, but so now they're introducing a new Black Panther. Now they've introduced Ironheart. Then they've changed over the Dora and added new roles there. And now we've got Namor. They're introducing all of these new things in one movie, yeah. whereas that's not what it was supposed to be. And they did a good job. It just it felt like it was a lot. And they were just kind of like, there wasn't enough information prior to to get that deep connection as we had before 
Yeah, it was very jarring compared to the first Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. This was probably one of the more lacking in humor movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense For good that reason, this yeah. is a grieving movie uh, about grief. Right. Um, so it's definitely going to be a hard one to watch, much like Multiverse of Madness is a really hard one for me to watch. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, like, I can pretty much remember everything that happened in that movie, and some of it I'd like to forget. <laughs> there were some parts that were like, I'll, I'll, all right, I, I didn't... I mean, I shouldn't be too surprised because it is Sam Raimi. He right. tends to be a bit more graphic, but... That was just a different take, yeah. I think, for a Marvel movie than we expected. Yeah, so some of it I really didn't enjoy. Um, it is one of those few movies I feel like I'm probably not going to watch again. Um, not unless I really have to, very much like Endgame for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you feel my pain. I well, see. No, I mean... <laughs> I, I feel like this is for a different reason. Like I mean, it's just kind of there is one scene that is very upsetting for me mm-hmm. personally. Just if I can fast forward around that, right. then we can continue on. Oh, if I could do the same thing in Endgame, I'd watch like most of the movie. No, I'd watch like not much. Yeah, I'd skip through all of it. <laughs> They'd be like, "Woohoo, we got everybody back!" Okay, turn it off. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Before Thanos's ship re-enlarges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when when Hawkeye gets the call from his wife, and she's like, "Where are you?" and he's like, "You're alive." I'm like, "Okay, you can turn it off now. I'm done." <laughs> happy ending. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm gonna go outside now. Right. <laughs> we'll skip to that part and then end it immediately after. <laughs> I don't want to see anything leading up to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's. Marvel has taken a really weird turn this uh, phase. Phase. Marvel's taken a weird turn this phase where they've had a lot of more deep movies. Yeah. And they've taken a lot of risks. And not a lot of people have really liked it because they were used to the lighthearted, good feeling, good guys win. And they've challenged that a little bit. Honestly, I kind of enjoy it. Even though I miss the good, happy feeling of Marvel movies, it does kind of put a, uh, a bigger feeling at stake like you know there's more at stake this time yeah it does feel like they're growing up a bit um learning to use more of their emotions Mm -hmm. gaining more complex emotions uh thinking about inside out getting a larger control panel right (laughs) yes Um, what are these new words (laughs) right and what's puberty right (laughs) but uh (laughs) Anyway, uh, um, yeah, this phase feels like they're growing up into more, like, late teenagers. Mm -hmm. I mean, 10 years for the first bit. Of course, it's going to be a bit more, uh, I wouldn't call it childish, but a bit more elementary. Right. Like, we're, we're getting the Mary Sue years right. where they can't really face a, a problem and fail. Not actually, until the very end yeah. where they hit their first like big time bully. Well, but no, like even a little bit before then. So like, that's actually a really good point because when you think about the first couple Marvel movies before Avengers, um, you're looking at brand new characters. So their life, they have their own stories that are a little tough, but in the grand scheme of things, you learn later that that ain't nothing. They're still the good guys. They still win. Then they hit Avengers and then hey all of these emotions come together but we still win but then you start getting to Civil War 
where now your emotions are attacking each other and you're kind of like split on how you feel about things and that changes how each side of it works. And then when it comes to Infinity War and Endgame, despite those differences, they still come together and they, they kind of lose, but they kind of win. It's not black and white anymore. There's a lot more gray area than there used to be in the beginning. So yeah, that kind of works out with childhood really well. <laughs> that's, that's a really good, I like that. <laughs> I can track and I don't like where that track is going. Oh, but, <laughs> it's harder. But yeah, phase five or phase four. Where are we? we? I don't even know. Yeah, I think Six? I, <laughs> I think we just started or we're about to start phase five with quantum mania. Oh, okay. Is that the flip? I think that's the flip. Okay. I think so. I, it, it was either it with Wakanda Forever or it is it with Wakanda No, Quantumania. you know what? It is because... I think they said Wakanda Forever was supposed to kind of be the end of post-snap, okay. where everyone's dealing with the loss of time. Okay. Or maybe Quantumania is that, because this is now Scott's version of loss of time. But regardless. <laughs> but with phase whatever we're in, with, <laughs> with the Multiverse of Madness, we got to see a more um, toxic form of love, as mm-hmm. it's seen, like a, a, a perverted form of it from the Dark Hole. Oh, yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. because because uh, Wanda had been reading from it, she had been, I guess you could call it infected. Yeah, cursed. N- cursed, yeah. possessed, infected, call it what you want. I- I'm sure Doctor Strange would call it infected. Yeah, just, I would think. Just because he's a doctor. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But she would go to any lengths, multiple murder, no doubt, True. to have her kids. Right. I mean, she also showed us that in WandaVision, that she would like take control of a whole town mm-hmm. to cope with the loss of her love. Right. Um, it can show just how dangerous it can be in the wrong hands. Yeah, that's true, because she did. She went to great lengths to to be with Vision, despite she knew Vision was gone, but she created this town as to what their perfect life would have been. And then when she created these two kids out of nothing, she treated them as if they were real, even though they weren't. And so then when she had to give up her perfect little system and lose them, she's like, there has to be another universe where they actually exist. Right. But in doing so, she ends up terrifying her kids, and her multiverse self has to say let me take care of them right they're in good hands i'm you but let me take care of them just know that this version of you loves them yeah exactly like there's no universe where you don't love these kids right exactly (laughs) it's like if you only had figured that out sooner right that'd have been great yeah (laughs) you wouldn't have killed some of my favorite characters (laughs) oh that i love multiverse of madness for the cameos. The cameos were amazing. I also hate them for the cameos because, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, they all die horrendous deaths. Right. Horrible. I mean, there's a reason why they're cameos. Yeah, they literally show up and die. <laughs> and I was very sad. Yeah. Especially Patrick Stewart. Right? <laughs> why? Like, that one, I think, hurt me the most. Like, I really enjoyed seeing Captain Carter. I really enjoyed seeing um, Mr. Fantastic. But to see Xavier... In a Marvel movie? Like, that was right there. That was Marvel's first introduction to mutants. Right. Without technically throwing them in the current MCU, but kind of, sort of, different. Yeah, because it's a different universe. And then now they've just been sprinkling that in with calling it mutations and stuff like that. When they did that in Miss Marvel and he said it's a mutation and they played the... the X-Men theme. X-Men theme underneath that, I was like, it's (laughs) happening! 
<laughs> I was so excited. I was like, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? I hear it. Do you hear it? <laughs> if you didn't know, she loves X-Men. I do. I was, oh, I, I have been waiting, waiting for the MCU and X-Men to finally stop bickering Fox and, 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 well, uh, well, now that it's all under one giant Disney umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we're going to get a Deadpool and Wolverine. Yeah. In Deadpool 3. Deadpool is now an MCU character. He could show up literally at any time. Yeah. And I am so here for that. Yeah. And, and that actually means any time because he took Cable's time slipper device (laughs) (laughs) any time any universe anything he could show up i would love i would love if just in the next couple of marvel movies you just like see his mask sitting somewhere or his crocs or something (laughs) that just shows he's there but we haven't like brought him in yet right or like he leaves little graffiti in different places that you have to be like a real eagle eye to see (sighs) that he was in a movie somewhere. I love when we're just as Deadpool was here. That would right. be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> just like a little piece of paper with a knife stuck through it. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, I, I want that to happen so bad now. It probably won't, but I want to do so bad. Or just Ryan Reynolds playing different cameos or something. Make him the new Stan Lee. That would be really funny. I really thought that would be funny if Deadpool was the new like Stan Lee cameo that popped up. That would be funny. Just be like, hey, so you know this is what happened. And since he's talking to us, <laughs> you know, he's like, you know I can see this, right? <laughs> I mean... Deadpool is one of those things that it appears as though Ryan Reynolds loves that character so much Mm -hmm. that he put so much effort into getting that movie made. I mean, he leaked his own trailer. (laughs) He's like, I don't know who would have done it, but it had been shelved. And when you're an actor and if you work on something so hard, because I've done it with music, you work on something so hard and it just gets shelved. Yeah. For no one to ever see. That is so frustrating. Especially if you're incredibly passionate about it the way right. he was. I mean, he got to play Deadpool, but it was a horrible version <laughs> of Deadpool. Nobody likes that one. He even went in his movie and killed that one. Right. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that. I think when, even though people were like, oh my gosh, why isn't this Deadpool movie made? This trailer's amazing. Is this the real thing? And it's like, of course it is. I don't know how he got a copy of it so that he could leak it, but that's the most Ryan Reynolds things he could do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, love does lead to that kind of passion Mm -hmm. that makes you do some of the things that you might regret later just because of different things. But eventually you learn that it's worth the risk. Right. That anything that you love enough... There isn't any length that you won't go to, even unhealthy as it may be. (laughs) Right. I never understood why they don't use trailers to see if someone wants to see a movie. Like, why isn't it a, hey, if you like this, say so, so that we can make the movie. Right. Like, you make a really compelling trailer and then saying, is this something you're interested in or whatever? And you can vote on it. And that's essentially what happened. Everyone just shared that trailer like wildfire. Yeah. Like, when is this movie coming out? This is amazing. Is this real? Is it not real? To where Fox was like, well, crap. 
<laughs> we can't not say, you know, that we're not going to do it. Like, we have to do it now. Right. And I think that's how that's how I always thought trailers were supposed to be. Not like a preview of a movie that's already made, because what if you don't like it? But a preview of what's to come. Like, I'd be willing to see a trailer two to three years in advance knowing I'm really looking forward to that movie. Yeah. I mean, they used to do teasers like that mm-hmm. with just kind of very vague footage of something that is coming in like five years. Right. Something like that. I think they did that with the first uh, Star Trek. J.J. Abrams Star Maybe Trek movie. Maybe that's why. Okay. Where they, they had just kind of like a, a construction yard mm-hmm. and it just had like welders just like working on this massive thing and eventually it just showed what they were working on was the Enterprise mm-hmm. and it said under construction coming what a, some, yeah. some like, like crazy date in the future and you're like what? <laughs> that stuff gets me though. I love that stuff because it gets me hype. Like I can't wait. But when you see these trailers and you're like, I don't really, nah. or you'll see like a new trailer that's like two weeks before a movie comes out. And you're like, wait, wait, what, what? Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like we're getting oversaturated with content now. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a whole lot of time to really um, look forward to a new movie or a new show or just some new property that is maybe it was like a beloved book at some point Mm -hmm. and it's never been made into a movie Mm -hmm. and we're seeing oh hey did you know in 2030 right we're making a movie (laughs) it's like you know tomorrow it's coming out it's gonna be the whole series yeah it's gonna take 10 years for it to come out so from 2030 to 2040 we're gonna have a movie (laughs) i mean that's kind of what they did with pandora i mean he's already filmed three four and five yeah that's true or they're still filming it but i mean they've already like started making it it's a continuation of the story i feel like avatar is probably the closest thing to that that we've gotten in a while Mm -hmm. just because it is so long between movies that we get to anticipate the next one a lot more we used to have that with star wars i would say star wars was like what two or three years sometimes it was like five years that's true back before the new new ones yeah. Yeah, like I think the prequels were every five years. Mm-hmm. And or maybe it was every three. I don't know. I know the, the newest ones, the the sequels, were every two years. Okay. It was like every other year was a Star Wars movie. So yeah, it used to be a lot more time in between each one mm-hmm. that you were like waiting for a long time to be like, Star Wars is coming out. <laughs> like that's why people were waiting in line. Mm-hmm. Like for days with camping gear and stuff like that. <laughs> right, to get tickets. With, and, and and diapers and just like making <laughs> yes. sure that they don't leave the line so that right. they make sure that they are in there. Uh, apparently the episode one trailer is one of the most viewed previews of all time. Really? Just because people would buy tickets to see the trailer. Wow. And not even stay for the movie. What? Yeah, like they knew what movies were playing the trailer and they would just buy one to go see it and then just be I'm out. Wow, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Like they loved the idea of Star Wars coming back, something new coming from Star Mm -hmm. Wars that hadn't happened in like 30 years. I mean, they they had Return of the Jedi was the last new, new thing that they had. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they had the special edition come out years later after that that just added CG elements to it and made Change it a, something. Made it a bit prettier. Yeah, they changed some things around. We're not mm. gonna talk about that. <laughs> 
added some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but the the new episode one started and everyone was like, this is a new thing. We love this. This is going to be amazing. Right. You can watch fanboys to get a very accurate depiction of how pe- people felt about it before <laughs> it came out. And then we're so incredibly let down by what it ended up being. Yeah. With just all the different elements, like the first one, it had some cool bits, but it was also not what we were expecting. The second one was (laughs) god-awful. Very few redeemable moments in that one. Other than it just carried the story to the third one. Yeah, Yeah, the third one was probably the best of the trilogy, Mm -hmm. of the prequel trilogy. But the whole time we're just kind of like, oh, right, hope it's better than the one before it. (laughs) You got one shot. Come on, man. Come on, Lucas. We trusted you. And that's kind of how I Don't burn us a third time. You can burn Vader, but not us. (laughs) Oh, that's kind of how I felt when Jurassic World came out, too. Like, I was super, super excited because it had been so long since Jurassic Park had come out. And the sequels were good. Um, Not great, but they were good. Uh, But when Jurassic World came out, it brought back everything that I had loved about Jurassic Park, except with all the CGI. And that was kind of like the disappointing part for me. I was like, you couldn't you couldn't get Stan Winston to do the to to do the dinosaurs again and get like real effects. Yeah, had a couple, but it, you could definitely tell. It was like, cool, 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 cool. So they're they're talking to a tennis ball. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Uh, the the sequel after that came very quickly, and it really wasn't that great. Um, I haven't watched it a second time. No, I haven't either. I want to, just because... Apparently they did have more practical effects in that yes, one. Yes, they did. But they had the most practical effects in the final one. Okay. That was mostly practical effects and um, actual puppets for dinosaurs. Uh, they went back to the original roots. There was some CGI, obviously, but so was the first Jurassic Park. It was a combination of claymation, puppetry, and animation. So it was a blend of the three, and because of that created... The prequels of Star Wars. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) When Spielberg came out with those, Lucas went, it is possible. And we all went, I'm so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) You gotta take the good with the bad. True. It makes you appreciate the other ones. That's true. You know, I appreciate that final installment of Jurassic World because I really didn't like the second one. That's true. So. Yeah. I mean, sometimes one being so bad makes another one better, even if by itself it wasn't that good. Right. You're just like, oh, thank God it's not that one. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there were parts of Dominion that I enjoyed. Yeah. I'm not saying it was a perfect story, but I know I mean, I liked the little bits between the characters that I liked that came back. I liked the interactions between Grant and Ellie being super awkward. Yeah. Just because they're not really sure what the relationship is. Right. They're like, we like each other, but we don't, but we do, but we, can we, I don't. And mm. and then Goldblum dropping the whole Ian Malcolm persona and just being very Goldblum the whole oh, time. Oh yeah, he wasn't even <laughs> acting anymore. He was just being himself. <laughs> But the the fact that they brought back Dodgson to be this weird Jobs-like <laughs> dude who ends up getting eaten by compies, isn't it? Or Dilophosauruses. Yeah. 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 When those came back and I heard that, like, clicking sound, I was like, Oh, the, yes! the, 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 the chirping? Yes. I was so, I was like, yes, they're back. 
That was the one that I hadn't really thought about the fact that it was literally like only in the first movie. That's true. And then we never saw the Dilophosaurus again. Yeah. I was like, well, why? They're just little stupid dogs, remember? <laughs> Get the stick. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're ferocious. <laughs> yes, they're very smart. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, specific fandoms and, and the way people react to them and you know, just kind of a love for that, too. Yeah, and some fandoms get toxic. Yeah, a lot of them do, yeah, unfortunately. Because they get so protective of it. Like, I keep saying there's a positive and a negative side to love. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we'll be talking more about that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I think love is like a coin. There's two sides to it. There's the really positive side that can change the world. And then there's the not so positive side that can darken a lot of things. I mean, we tend to talk about both in every episode, mm-hmm. just like we talked about Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like we saw what love can make you do. Right. And it can make you do some really positive stuff. It can make you do some really negative stuff. So we're going to continue the conversation about that next week. Mm -hmm. Going to talk about how love is portrayed in different ways now. Yeah. In ways that we haven't seen before. Um, We just watched that movie Bros. Yep, we did watch it. I was like, we talked about it. I want to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a very enjoyable movie. It was very good. It it was funny. it. It had some heart to it. Definitely not PG completely no. to talk about on the podcast, but... No, but we can talk about the, the love overall. aspect. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about other romantic comedies, different love stories, just different ways that love gets uh, or how love influences our lives. Yeah. Mostly through different media. That's true. So Because we're all locked to our screens. Media is literally everywhere now. Right, yeah. Good luck avoiding it for any amount of time. I love when people are like, I'm going to get off of social media. I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, then what are you going to (laughs) do? Like, it's literally everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I do have a lot of free time because I don't do it much. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I don't do as much as others, but I definitely do more than you. Yeah. We'll say that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is one of those other things that we crave Mm -hmm. is the social social interaction that we feel like we need to have. Right. So we'll talk about all that. Yeah, that's all a part of it. Yeah. (laughs) But I hope you're enjoying our uh, more broad topic choices, Mm -hmm. our time topic in January, our love topic this month. And whatever comes next month. And whatever comes next (laughs) month. Uh, Just a reminder that at the end of March, Mm -hmm. make a fan favorite suggestion for the final episode. Yeah, we've got an odd number of weeks of March and it happens to be the last podcast of this season that we will be making the listener's choice. Right. So you tell us what you want us to talk about. Yeah, we felt like we weren't giving people enough time before. Right, or like the day before. Hey! <laughs> yeah. We want to give you enough time to talk about the things that you love. Right. And you can find us on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page. Um, feel free to comment on there and just, you know, let us know. What do you want to hear? What do you want us to talk about? Is it an actor, a fandom, a TV show, a movie, a book, 
whether we know it or not, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, I think I feel like the only media that we'll have difficulty filling the time with is a specific kind of music. I don't know. My genre's pretty wide. Okay. We might be all right. It hey. might be mostly me. <laughs> hey, open it up to music. You'll hear a lot of from her <laughs> and less from me unless it's about ska. Look, you introduced me to ska. <laughs> I love it. So. So, yeah. Uh, tune back in next week for more love talk in a very uncreepy way. <laughs> not creepy at all. It's not creepy. I got my wife. <laughs> <laughs> love is gross. It gives you cuties. <laughs> <laughs> we are Geeky Dinks. Dinks.